In this episode, I catch up with longtime friend Pip Lee, founder and creator of Lux Kidswear brand Royal Cub. We share our struggles through our careers with family and finding ourselves in our passions. Let's break it down. Welcome guys back to the podcast. Today we have a not so special guest. She's all right. She's all right. <laughs> Miss Philippa Pipley, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Armin, for that really welcoming and warm intro. <laughs> no, no worries. Did I, did I make you feel special there? Yeah, totally. Like, I'm so not well, excited to be here. I'm not but... so special. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for you having me. I was so excited me. when I asked you. Oh, like, I was so oh excited. God, um, and you literally, no, you have, I think, helped me tick off a goal off of my goals list, which was being featured on a podcast. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So, thank so you. So, thanks, guys, for tuning in. That was today's podcast. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> have you been... Miss Pipley. Yeah, good and bad all at once. I think everyone's going through the same thing during this epic lockdown. So I guess just trying to survive and I don't know. I think just trying to find new things to do every day when it's the spare time, I think. I mean, hey, yeah. I'm doing Chinese checkers now, so. Wow. I know. I mean, you, you run your own business, Royal Cub. Can, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that and, you know, the the story behind Royal Cup? Oh, my God. How long do you have? No. Okay. Cool. Uh, about so, 10 seconds. Uh, okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. As long as you need. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. You're, yeah. So, I, I have my own business called Royal Cub, um, which is a kids wear clothing brand. Um, label, I should say. So I design all the pieces. Um, Some pieces I actually make myself or get assistance in sewing it and putting it together here in Sydney. Um, And some pieces are created offshore. Um, But I've had the business, originally the ID came probably around 2018, I would say. Um, I just wanted to do kids wear. I just, I, I saw a gap in the market for really simple but cool clothing for kids. I didn't want anything to do with like pumpkin patch, Oshkosh, uh, you know, those typical clothing brands that were like really frou-frou and super cutesy. <laughs> I wanted something super neutral, super cool, something super versatile that you can constantly change up and wear or layer up or, you know, just almost straight luxe, I would say, is, and nothing was like that around at the time. Um, yeah, so I started that around 2018. It was just a side project at the time. And then I offic- I went official with the business about two years ago now. So uh, I think 20, oh, sorry, no, a, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I went official. So that meant I quit my job and Decided to take the time it needed to build the foundations of the business and keep going. And here I am. That's today. awesome. How did how did it start? Like, what sparked you to create Royal Cub? I well, like you did yeah. see the gap and all, but like, what was the the, the spark in your mind that's like, hey, I'm going to start this? Yeah. So, I think if we were to really take it back, I. My best friend Jane, who you've you've met, um, she so my godson, her firstborn Christian, um, at the time when he was just a toddler, I went to go shopping to buy him a gift, and literally I hated everything that was out there. I was like, oh my god, this kid's gonna look like every other kid that's roaming around Westfields. Um, so I literally didn't like that. So for me, I really wanted to kind of build something that was quite different um out of your typical kids wear clothing but then what really sparked it as well is actually fashion design is my background and my major um that I did outside of school yeah so um yeah try being Asian and telling your parents I love color and sewing um how was that no maths or science 
oh, engineering. Um, yeah, it was it was not fun telling my parents that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but wasn't after, your mum in like fashion or no something? God, she wouldn't even know how to sew on a button. Because I remember we did a photo shoot for. Oh, she, yes, that's right. So she, no, she started, yeah, she had a handbag wholesale business and retail business, um, probably about nearly 10 years ago now. Um, Hmm. But yeah, it wasn't really fashion. That was more, she's very business orientated. So this was something that she picked up with her sisters and she started the business and everything. Um, But prior to that, she was always in different businesses and she's more business minded than she is design or aesthetic. Um, but for me, she's always never wanted me to have my own business. She's always, you know, wanted me to go to university and get a really great high paying job and have a really, really successful career in corporate. Um, wow. Same with my dad. So, yeah, dad. Actually, funny story. I checked my UAI, um, I think about 11 times in total. Um, because times? I thought Because I thought my UAI was the New South Wales um average (laughs) UAI so I was like no that's not my UAI so I just kept pressing excuse me I just kept pressing like refresh 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 and I was like oh shit that is my UAI so I had to build up the courage and tell my dad what it was and he was like and then when I told him I said it doesn't really matter what my UAI was because I wasn't going to go to university it wasn't something on on the books for me um and he begged me he's like please even just apply for nursing and I was like, nursing? I was like, no, I ain't cleaning no person's butt. You know, like that ain't happening. Ain't no Filipino. <laughs> That's why I married so, one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, great feeling. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I was like, no, I'm going to do fashion. And dad was like, what? Excuse me? That's not a thing. That is... You know, so I was like, yeah, I want to go down the starving artist route. That's what I want to be doing. So after much fight and turmoil with my parents, they agreed and finally decided to send me to college and pay for my college fees um, to do fashion. So it stemmed from there. That's awesome. Yeah. But taking it back a bit, like you you said your mum, like, is very business savvy, like, but it's ironic that they did, she didn't like push you to do your own business or pursue your own business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did that like? Wasn't it's it crazy? Weird? They they didn't want me to do business because I don't think they had very successful businesses themselves. So I think the hardship and the reality of owning a business was something they didn't want to wish upon me. They have a, they had a very, I want my child to have a life that we didn't get to have, which was having a stable income and building a successful career in corporate and just having a lifestyle of, I've got money and I can have a house and, you know, build a future that didn't involve the hardship that my parents went through. So it wasn't like my mum had a business and it was so successful that she was able to build foundations for her family. It was so much hardship and and turmoil that I saw her go through too from so many different failures of different businesses. So that I think scarred her um, and really wanted me to not go down that path. Um, and they really instilled it in my brain. And I think a lot of, I had a lot of confidence issues because a lot of the times they would say to me, you can't do this. And I, I think, I, you know what, I think I can speak for this in general for the Asian population. A lot of Asian parents would always say, it's too difficult for you to do. Don't do that. Uh, why wouldn't you just, you know, do this or go find a job and be happy and have a home and don't go down that hard path. That's not reality, you know. Why would you go through that? When we came to Australia to build this beautiful, simple life for you, why would you go down the other the other route that is just full yeah. of hardship? So, you know, and being Korean, oh, my God, being Korean is another thing. It was like not think? only did they want me to not go down a business path, and to have a child that wasn't successful where they couldn't 
boast to their friends because Koreans are all about image. So, you know, it's all about what others think of them. So they couldn't turn around and be like, oh, my daughter is a lawyer. You know, like they'll have friends that turn around and say, my daughter's a doctor. Well, my daughter mm. went to uni to study law. And, you know, my mum comes around and goes, my daughter doesn't know what the fuck she wants to do. Oh, sorry, I saw. But, you know, and yeah, that was hard for them to, to grasp that idea. So, but I just knew it wasn't right if I did what they wanted to do, wanted me to do. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like... um it's an Asian thing in general because I remember when I was trying to take DJing full time and I was in and out of work, like like corporate work, um, you know, in the back of my parents' head was like, how about you go back to uni and, and study like nursing or engineering or, or something or just have something under your belt? Totally. And it took a lot of convincing to be like, man, like DJing is what makes me happy and what I enjoy. Like why do I want to? You know, work for yeah. someone where I'm just not happy. You know, yeah, we get paid, but it's just not fulfilling for me. And um, yeah, it took a lot. Of, it took a bit of convincing, and then you know, I feel like part of it was um, proving to them that hey, I can be successful. So that was part of my drive. And then you know, one day I just rocked up home with a new car, and they're like, "Oh shit, he's making his own money." And like they kind of saw, okay, cool. He's he's doing all right for himself. Mm, so mm. that's when it, it took a lot of um, trust, you know. But then they saw it, and then like, okay, okay, he's he's doing all right. Let's let's let him be. He's 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 getting to where he wants to be. So I think that's always the and, case, yeah. isn't it? You've got to prove them until they actually physically see themselves that you're doing good by chasing your dreams that's when they start to go wow they can make a career out of this you know um but then it's funny because I'm still I still feel like I still need to show somewhat what's happening like my dad will always be like how's the business I'm like great and I'll shut that conversation down because you know having parents having in businesses so much there's constant questions that are really challenging it's not very support it's supportive but in a very I don't want to have this conversation with you, but your parents, parents stay parents. We are not talking business uh, together. So I'm still trying to get to that point with my parents where I'm like, this is proof that I'm doing good. Like PJ showed, I don't know, I think it was like my first t-shirt or something. I think it was my beanie. Um, and my mom actually asked him, oh, you know, how's she doing? And how's her business going? kind of referred to it as a hobby more than anything. And then he's like, oh, my God, she's doing really great. Like, she launched her first beanie and T-shirt and they, they look so amazing. Check it out. And he showed, like, a photo and she's like, oh, my God, all this money she's pumping into these products. Oh, so expensive. And, of course, she's going to say that. I mean, she went into a product-based business. So she understands how much product-based business costs. You need so much capital and overheads and et cetera. And so that was her response. So it's still, it's like, She's she was dreading it. She was like, I don't want her to to go down the same path that I went. <laughs> totally. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I think for now they're really happy that I'm doing what I want to be doing with my life. Um, but you know, I think that's just parents in general as well, though, right? They just want what's best for their kids and to make sure that they don't live a hard life. Yeah, so, that's right. Because I think this day and age, it's a common thing. To have your own hustle or even side hustle to your to your day jobs if you have one, because back then I feel like our parents running their own business in their gen was was very rarely heard of. You know, you just go to work nine to five or whatever hours they were back then, and you know, go home to the family, and that's it. But no, man, it every is. every second person today these days, our gen has like a side hustle or some other sort of income. Like I feel like that's just how it's become Yeah, Like it's just not enough to have one job. No, it's the norm. The, uh, I mean, there's 19-year-olds out there making so much passive income or a second income from a, a side hustle. It's, it's absolutely the norm. And I think in a way it's great because the amount of resources that are now available 
for learning and to be able to develop your side hustle is unlimited. I mean, oh yeah. Like for you when you were DJing, how much how much resources were available to you in terms of I don't know, like the community, the DJ communities or, you know, if you wanted to types of equipment there was only a few dj equipment stores you know you wouldn't really look at offshore shipping or offshore suppliers everything was like so limited you know and now it's like oh my god where do i start there is so much shit out there like and available to you now for anyone to start their business yeah so Uh, the internet it's just made everything so much smaller like um even uh, customers or potential customers they're in your hand with your network with your social media that's why I was so upset like when I lost my Facebook a few months ago I lost I it for like that. yeah it got hacked somehow uh, by some group in Vietnam they used my account to do ads and make money off the off the ads running but anyway that's another story uh, but yeah they changed my password they changed my email and recovery phone number so I couldn't I couldn't access it and I was so cut because I didn't okay. ha- I couldn't get in for a few months and to me that was like lost business as well 100%. because I've I've built I've built like a network on Facebook like you know through through the years through clubbing and all the people we've met so that's kind of your network right and they always say your network is your net worth and at the same time like these people will hit me up and be like hey can you DJ my friend's party, my friend's wedding, this and that? And that's the only way they can contact me? No, I was just going to say, how did you build your, I mean, starting out as a DJ, if we were to take it back to, okay, we're, you know, we've obviously finished school, we're not going to go to uni and, you know, you found your passion through DJing. And back then it wasn't like you could go, you know, advertising would have costed so much money and advertising was so old school back then. But how did you build your your network or I guess your DJing reputation at that time? Um, Yeah, I think just over the years uh, because I started DJing really early, like when I was in year eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was doing – I was around the house party scene in the area and and in my school I was kind of known as the DJ. Like I did all the house parties like almost every week in high school – any of the grades, like the, my grade, the grade above, the grade below, like they would just hire me to DJ. Wow. And I just grew that reputation as the Freeman DJ. I went, I went to Freeman. And, you know, afterwards the club started and then, you know, my name got around. And, yeah, you know, you meet a lot of people and you connect with a lot of people and you just stay in touch. And they're just like, yep, need a DJ? It's Armand. It's Armand. It's, it's, he's your guy. And, um, yeah, I've just – no. So even up till now, I'd say like 98% of my business is through word of mouth from my network. Because we don't really advertise or, you know, my, my services or anything. Unreal. So it's nice to have that, you know, that trust is already built because people are referring you. Because, you know, they're, they're not going to refer you if, if, if you've done a bad job. That's true. You know, it's absolutely you know, true. Yeah, so I'm I'm blessed in that sense that you know I've got a network and I'm somewhat you know on people's lips. I feel like oh, it's very sexy, Armand. I feel oh. like, um, <laughs> for lack of I, a better term, but it's true. No, it's mm. true though. You definitely have built up a business based on referrals. I mean, I and I feel like that's carried through to Signboy through to your streaming services, um, through to your EV events. Everything was through referral. And I always remember, I remember I said to you, I'm like, I'm in, I'm really struggling to get reach. I'm struggling to to expand Royal Cub because I suck at marketing. Marketing is not my thing. I'm a creative when it comes to creating, but not marketing and sales. So how did you get your reach? And you said, oh, it's always been word of mouth. It's always been referrals and I said how do you do that like how do I apply that to a product-based business and it's I have to constantly show up online so 
I think it's fantastic that you're able to build up a business through just refer based on referrals. Like that's so powerful without having for you to constantly market. There are so many people out there. Like remember back in the days you used to do flyers. I would get so many flyers for so much crap, and I'm like, no. And back then, people were comfortable with what they knew, right? So if they were comfortable with DJ Eccentric, they were only ever going to go with DJ Eccentric. So mm. I think it's such a, I think referrals is such a powerful thing for any business. Yeah, yeah, Re- reputations are a big thing for me. Mm. Like I can never ever afford to to stuff anyone up with a job that I've done for them. Mm. Like because my reputation is just on the line, and that means the world. I can't would afford say, to have anyone talk bad of me. Would you, in your personal, like for your advice, would you advise that reviews are super important and powerful for a product-based business? 110%. I don't normally ask for them, but honestly, like when you have, in our business with EV Entertainment, um, when you have a new customer that has been a referral but haven't seen your work, I just show them like our reviews page and it's like, oh, done, automatic. Mm. Like that peace of mind is there. Like if all these other people have all these positive things to say about EV Entertainment and the team, like I want to have that experience as well. You know, where it's stress-free, hassle-free, everything just came together. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good Yeah. I, I'm trying to jump onto the review bandwagon, I think, for, for Royal Cub, but actually I don't even know why. Kim Kim would always say you need to get your reviews and get your reviews, but I don't know why. I just don't I don't ask for them. And I guess you don't get if you don't ask, right? So that's definitely that something well, yeah. that I need to I need to keep doing or start doing really and keep up. Yeah, I guess with a product-based business, it might be a little tricky as well because, you know, you get you get the product and it's like, you know, you put it on your kids, cool. Yeah. But like, you know, what, what are they really going to review? Um, But in terms of your network, like, I mean, I'm sure you're surrounded by people with kids, like all your friends and that. Mm-hmm. But how do you, how do you market? At the moment, yeah, it's just on socials. But again, it's it's such a it's become you know from when I kickstarted the business to now, it's such an overly saturated industry. You have so many people out there who have access to unlimited amount of manufacturers. You have so many people out there who don't have a design background or a business background, just simply sees a beautiful product, knows how to market it, and they become successful. So you're constantly competing, and I don't mean competing in a very negative way. I mean trying to stand out in a very saturated market of kids' clothing now. So my, I guess my struggles is how do I make that happen through socials? And... It's tiring sometimes. Sometimes I just want to break from my phone. Um, but, yeah, I'm marketing through socials at the moment, so trying to do some ads, uh, like paid ads, um, showing up as myself as well on the actual Royal Cub account and being as authentic and vulnerable as possible to show the face behind the brand. Um because it's about connection, right? People want, maybe not everybody, but some people want to know who's behind the business, not just some person who's got a product and they're selling. Um, So I thought that was really important. Um, Yeah, so everything's just at the moment through socials, really. Yeah, I feel like showing your face, because I tried to do that a few times as well. Like just, I'm going to be behind this name and no one's going to know me and I'm going to take my face away from the name. But that's what I wanted to it do. It really helps when you add that personal touch, you know. Yeah. The, like you said, the connection. So people yeah. can feel like they're talking to someone and not a corporation. Yep. But would you say that's your biggest challenge, like networking, oh, not networking, marketing, getting it out there? My biggest challenge is absolutely yeah. marketing. 
and brand awareness slash reach. I think it's really hard because when you when you're a one person team in a product based business, you're a salesperson, you're a marketing person, you wear a marketing hat, you wear a sales hat, you wear an operations hat, you wear a logistics hat, packaging hat, designer hat. You know, you wear so many different hats and how do you be so good at all of them when none of them were really what you ever did or were good at because it wasn't what you ever studied, you know, or ever had training in. And there's so many courses out there and that's what I'm trying to do, but I'm finding also I think I'm at a point where I need to start outsourcing now um, and really start bringing people on board to take that heavy lifting off me and concentrate on what I'm good at, which is designing and creating. And I think when I get too involved in marketing and a structured business strategy, I find myself feeling really shitty and I go down this downhill and I'll message Kim and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I haven't slept for three, four days because I've been watching social media training and Facebook ad marketing courses. I can't do this. I'm going to explode. And she's like, you need to go offline and you need to start being creative. It doesn't matter if it's personal or whether it be for the business, you need to do something creative to honor that. And I was like, but then I get the guilt. Okay. If I move away from what I was doing, how the hell am I going to push for sales if I'm not constantly showing up on socials? Because I am the face of the brand. You know, I made that commitment to show up. So I have to show up and I have to try and keep pushing. And so it's a constant vicious cycle um, where I'm just like, you know, and then I'm like, now I understand why people get paid an X amount to be a social media manager or a social media expert. So, but then also I'm not at the stage where I can actually pay someone to do it for me. So there's that catch-22 situation, um, I think, is yeah. my, probably the biggest struggle I'm having. Yeah. With Royal well, Cup, on, the, on the previous podcast with, um, with Kim, who you just mentioned, we did talk about how, you know, we should, she, how she's going to start outsourcing certain parts of her business, uh, for her business. Um, so she can focus on the things that she's good at. And I think that's that's important for all of us because like you just get overwhelmed when there's you wear so many hats and there's so many things to do. It takes you away from what you're good at. Like my partner, for example, she's a coffee roaster, but there's so much involved in the back end, like admin mm. and sales, mm. and she it stresses her out. She's going to hate me for saying this, but yeah, she, she's like, I'm a roaster. This is what I do. I'm not here to sell. Like it, it, it takes her away and a bit of like when he wears so many hats, it just other it's parts tiring. kind of, yeah, like does this, it gets overwhelming. There's so many things to do. So, I mean, if, if, if you can, any business owners out there can outsource, I, I'd highly suggest they do so you can stay focused on what you do well and just smash it and then they can do the other things. I, I, I totally agree with you and I think I think the hardest thing, the hardest, I've learned that the hard way, sorry, to, to come to an understanding that I need to actually outsource now because I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak as well. So I always think, no, I can do it. No, I'll do it because I can save money there. But then you find yourself when you're wearing so many hats, you're only giving a certain part of yourself to each each role. You're not actually acing each department to its full potential and delivering an, a quality service. Um, so I could be showing up on socials, but it's like not as good as it could be if I was actually to outsource somebody who can do it to its fullest potential and really kill it you know, and then when I'm creating and designing, it's not like I can, I'm, I'm not delivering at my best because I'm constantly thinking of something else at the back of my mind. So I'll stop and I'm like, shit, I've got to do this. I've got to post, fuck, shit, shit, you know, and then you're spreading yourself thin, which is what I have been doing. So I, I've definitely learned the hard way that outsourcing is the way to go. If you've definitely got the budget um, and you've done your research to find the right person or the right fit for the business, but it's hard and it's true like with Rowena 
there's so many wills that are in motion with the business. You need someone to be able to take control in each on each wheel. Like Rowena can't be the best roaster if she's constantly having to spread herself thin in admin and selling and, you know, then trying to roast at the same time. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But this is where no, I, I kind of am curious for you. How are you doing? And I know in the start you were doing everything. And I know that with lockdown at the moment, we were talking about how you are able to now catch up a bit on certain things that, you know, is giving you that downtime to catch up. So how are you balancing everything on your own? Because it wasn't just DJing. You've got EV and Signboy. Like how is that all – how do you handle all of that? Yeah. At at one point before when I was the hat – the hat. I was the one guy wearing the hat. Yeah. Every hat of the business – I burnt out really quickly because it was just mm. overwhelming. It was just it was just mentally draining and exhausting trying to wear all the hats and do all the jobs that I'm, you know, I, I swallowed my pride because I was so proud, like, man, I could do this. This is me. This is my business. This is my company. I do things how I want to do. But, yeah, I swallowed my pride and I did reach out for help. So now I've got an assistant, Rainy, who you know. Mm. Uh, and I had Yana previously looking after a lot of the admin stuff for EV. So it's it's taken a lot of burden off off my shoulders in terms of like time and it's just freed me up to focus on the business instead of yeah. you always hear it, like you want to work on the business rather than in and I feel like when I was uh, the one one what is it called one man band like things were just lacking in certain areas the attention to detail wasn't quite there. Yeah, because Whereas you're trying now, to finish like, something. There's a dedicated person. Yeah. Yeah. Like another example uh, which is like a perfect example is uh, in the past I delved into web design and, you know, I could design my own website for EV Entertainment and for Signboy. And, yeah, it was just always in the back of my head, but it never got done. So I reached out to Kim. Who we just spoke about. <laughs> I said, Kim, can you do my sign by website? And we, you know, I paid her to do it, obviously. You know, when it's in the back of your head, it's like, yeah, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. It's just another thing. But then when I reached out to Kim, man, it got done like right away. I was like, wow, I've got a website now. Yeah. All I had to do was reach out and just let go of that, like trying to be the one responsible, like, you know, just, just trust someone else. I also feel like when you're not passionate about doing a particular thing in the business, it gets pushed back further and further and further away. And then it becomes the thing that you dread doing. And so it never, yeah, it, it, it's two things. It never gets done or it becomes half-assed done. And yeah. that's definitely something that I'm going through. I hate marketing with a passion. And you know what? People out there might be going, no, Pip, you need to learn to love it. And I'm like, you know what? I Yeah, you're right. I do. But I don't right now. I hate it. I think it is the death of me. It takes me away from what I am truly passionate about in the business. And you know what? I listened to this podcast the other day. I don't know. I mean, do you know Samantha Wills? She's the um, Australian jewelry no. designer. So she no. was huge for, oh, God, decades. Um, anyway, she made it massive. Um, and she was a jewelry designer and she's, she started off with humble beginnings and everything. And she sold her business, which I didn't even know she did. But when I was listening to the podcast, she said, when she first started the business, everything was about her passion and it was about creating. And it was about creating pieces that were so beautiful and what came to her and sold what she created. Then it got to a point where she started having to deal with PR agencies and marketing agencies and so many different parts of the business she said she just lost so much passion for what she did and she lost herself in the business so she made the huge decision to sell her business take a step back and spend time for herself and I was like holy shit that was a huge smack in the face because I was like if I don't do something about this to help myself in Royal Cub I'm going to hate myself and lose my passion for why I even started this in the first place you know, and that's right. It's it's exactly that. And Kim is definitely one of the saviors that I've outsourced to. She's done my website. She's 
not only my venting sponge and constantly sends me motivational <laughs> messages, um, but I think it's super important to be able to look at what you're passionate about and concentrate on that. Yeah, yeah you know, that's right. I mean, but people keep asking me, like, for me, when, when I'm DJing, when are you going to stop DJing? I mean, when it, when it stops being fun. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, when, how long when, is a piece of string? Yeah, like when I start looking at DJing as work, like, oh, I can't be bothered. To, oh, I can't be bothered to go. Like, nah, that's the passion's gone. So I'm not going to do that. But I mean, that's why, that's the, also the same reason I love it so much because there's so many different gigs that we do. There's so different crowds that we play to that want different mm. music. We keep it fresh and it's always fun. Mm. But you don't want that Groundhog Day experience where it's like, oh, and especially if it's your business and it's Groundhog Day, like it's your business, something you, mm. you should be excited about. I think Samantha did a did a did the right move in selling her company. Yeah, because she realized like this is work now; it's not passion. That's exactly right. And then you just but lose motivation, right? Is it possible to feel that that early on in a business? Like, I mean, like I and I ask that because that's me right now. I love Royal Cub, but I also am. It's it's a lonely journey. If you if you really want to be realistic, when you're a one man team, especially in a product based business, it is so lonely. It is such a lonely journey. I'm not talking like, oh my god, someone hug me. Actually, no, there are days where I'm like, someone just come and hug me. <laughs> but um, I, and I mean in like a lonely sense that you don't have a team to bounce off on. You don't have. A business partner to bounce off of, you know, like when I'm designing or, you know, coming up with pieces or whatever it may be, I can't turn around and be like, hey, do you reckon this looks okay? Do you reckon I should change that colour? What do you reckon? Like you don't have that. You have only yourself to constantly think about it and constantly look at the same thing. And so it can be really lonely. And so I'm starting to feel like I'm like, am I losing my passion? Or is it because I'm running myself to the ground trying to do so many different things without being without acing every single one of them? So I feel like it's a, such a struggle. Well, it doesn't help that lockdown is in, but I feel like that's definitely a oh, struggle. Definitely not. Yeah. I feel like I find it helps to um, you know, be surrounded by some people with kind of similar interests. Like I'm not – I don't mean other people in fashion or have clothing labels or brands – but just people who are creatives that you can mm. bounce ideas off. Just to you know, sometimes a second opinion gives a bit of a bit more validation. You just need someone to agree with you or give some construct constructive criticism. Like I'm sure there's a lot of um, you know, creative groups out there, right? Like I know there's a lot of girl groups, which I find weird that there's no guy groups <laughs> that are like all business owners and creatives. That is a gap in the market for you, Armand. I feel like yeah. you would be able to create that community because not only that, but we've also got a friend, Pat. Yes. Right? Pat's a creative yep. and he's been in business. He's definitely mm -hmm. someone that would be able to share valuable things in that community for men. 100%. He's got a very uh, uh, extensive journey, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> he's been through a lot of things um some of yeah. us may be aware i'm sure he'll be on the podcast very soon yeah he should share, write a uh, book ups and downs yeah he could write but, a novel um, actually oh man it's been a crazy journey he's one of my best mates like i've known him since we were sperm and <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's, it's been awesome seeing his journey and his growth as well but um, i outsourced yeah him. yeah what design Fun fact, he actually did my logo for Royal Cub. Oh, the geometric? Yeah, he turned hub. my crappy lion slash tiger slash bear looking drawing. It literally was like just a lopsided hexagon with a nose <laughs> and two cute ears. And Pat was like, what are you showing me? And I was like, I need you to turn that into a masterpiece <laughs> and he's like what <laughs> um so through some modification he actually drew the foundation and the base of my logo 
Um, and then I had another graphic designer actually through a different employer, employer. She helped kind of shift it around a little bit and then Pat refined it. Like he just, he's the one that's practically given, done my logo for Royal Cup. And now he's helping me with my summer range because I came to the conclusion that I suck at Illustrator and I can't spend a week trying to figure out how to draw two lines with a pen tool and make it look professional. So Pat's been working, I've outsourced to Pat now because he's such an expert. Yeah, there we but go again yeah. with the outsourcing, right? Yeah, right. So nice. Love it. But yeah, so that's me right now. Yeah. Uh, weren't you um, like part of a, like a business support group in the past? I remember you asking me for advice before, like, was it? support group or like life coach yeah I did um actually I did life coaching with uh Betty Bettina Banks which you know yeah yeah I did um she was actually the catalyst to why I went full-time with Royal Cup um she pushed me to overcome my fears and all the bullshit talk that I was giving myself to go full-time and I did. And I took the time to set the foundations for Royal Cub and to set it up instead of going to a job that I hated and went to twice and then quit twice and then try to do Royal Cub intermittently. She pushed me. She pushed me to go outside my boundaries um, and comfort zone. And so thank you, Bettina Banks, for that. So I did some life coaching with Betty. She also did some business coaching with me as well, which helped me understand a lot more about social media and influencer programs and things like that, which is amazing. And I'm still part of her support group with the women that she's coached. Um, and I've built the most amazing friendship with these women because they're all in business. So I definitely do have a support group with, with these women, um, which I think is super important. But I think lockdowns made it quite hard because I think with support groups or like, I wouldn't even say support groups, just a group of like-minded people, you could have met up, you know what I mean? Like meet up and feed off each other's energy and vibes. And um, it's so hard now with lockdown that you can't do that. So, but yeah, I, I've definitely, I'm part of a lot of different um, groups of women in, in business um, that you can bounce off but when the group gets huge you kind of get lost in that group too like I've asked so many questions in these groups before um not but not Betty's ones because Betty's ones are really amazing and, and very close but the ones outside of that when you've got like I don't know 50,000 to 100 and something oh thousand women you ask a question and then your your question gets answered with an opinionated answer or you don't get answered at all and it just gets because as soon as you post your question another person posts their question so then you just go (laughs) you know so i think it's also important just to meet up physically as well yeah personal interaction well you also want to be going back to your previous point just be around the right people in a group of fifty thousand, it's very hard to be heard totally so yeah. And I miss that it with is, Kim. definitely a hard time. Yeah, because going back to Kim, we used to meet up to keep each other accountable. So we used to try and go to Fairfield Library to try and no. work together, you know, to be in front of each other, to be able to, to have a chat or to, to work um, next to each other like as if we were in an office. Or I would go to her house and work there for a day. And we used to commit to once a week where we would meet up have our breakfast, we'll go back to her place and we'll smash out work. Um, and now it's like, hello, is anybody home? That's oh, not even are. a song. I don't know what I'm singing. <laughs> You're going crazy. I'm going by yourself. so crazy. So crazy. But, you know, everyone's going through the same thing. Everyone's trying to survive, I guess. So Yeah. Basically, last year didn't exist, 2020. Oh, don't even. Yeah. That's that not. is, that's unreal. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the rest of this year is going to be a write-off as well. But I guess it's just what you make the most of, right? How you make the yeah. most of it. Yeah, that's it. We just got to 
make do with what we have and whatever's going on. But um, yeah, like where do we go from here? What what's what's the future hold for World Cup? Like where, what direction are we heading? What's the future oh, plans? The possibilities are endless, Armand. Are they secrets? Oh, no, no secret at all. It is out there in the universe and Royal Cub is going to be a global brand. I am currently working with a few people in the US. Um, it is a huge goal to be having some presence in the US. Um, I would love to have Royal Cub in Hawaii and um, everywhere in the US, really. So I'm working with a few in, uh, possible ambassadors to have presence there. Um, I also have plans when this shitty lockdown or COVID can just piss off for a little bit. Um, one huge vision that I have for Royal Cub is I would like it to hold quarterly or half yearly Royal Cub uh, runways, uh, fashion shows. So what that means is I, I'm not talking like your typical runway show with models and stuff. I'm talking this is a give back event. And so what that means is I'd love to host an event where every business owner, it doesn't matter if your product or service, whatever it may be, you get to have a stall, you pay a, a vendor fee, that vendor fee gets donated to that particular charity that we're working with on this particular event. Um, and all the models that walk down that runway can represent every business that's out there um, that's product-based and wants to give clothes for the kids to rock. But these kids are not models, professional models. These kids are your neighbor's kids or your sister's kids or your nephews, your godsons, your goddaughters, um, kids from the hospital if they ever get allowed and permission to come out for a day and kids in wheelchairs you know, disabled kids or kids that are facing a tough time to go through and walk down that runway and own their confidence. I'm getting goosebumps talking about this, but just really shine down that runway to feel, to, to really experience what it's like to be out there and just have everyone looking at you like you're a star. So these, it's an opportunity for business owners like myself to to have brand awareness, but also work together in the community to to bring kids to feel confident and allow them to have a really good time, but also give back with the money that we raise to go towards a charity of our choice that day. Um, so that is a huge thing that I'm, I'm was supposed to do last year, unfortunately, but obviously with COVID, it's been really tough for any physical events to go ahead, but that would be my major, major, major goal for Royal Cub. Um, when this shitty COVID goes away, that would be one thing to work towards um, and look forward to. So that would be the most major thing possible. And opening up a warehouse office, you know, where people can come in and shop from the warehouse, but also come in and go check it out, you know, um, and have somewhere where I can go and work from as well. But that is the future of Royal Cub and just constantly wow. growing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. Just, just. Yeah, that those runway shows, like just creating that platform and just like at it from a collaborative point of view, where it's yeah. not just it's World Cup. No nah, man, it's it's everyone. It's for the kids. It's for our fellow businesses. Yeah. Every, oh, I love it. No, I was just gonna say, I, I think it's really important um, to have kids understand what self confidence and self love really means. I mean, my cousin rest your soul she came uh, when she visited and she was purchasing a few items for her friend's daughters she was telling me how her friend's daughter who is three almond three was saying the words i am fat and was so body conscious I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was so gobsmacked that a child that age was already self-conscious of her size. That was the most shocking thing that I had ever heard in such a long time. So this runway is to prove that all kids of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all levels of experience or whatever it is, all walks of life, you are all one and you are all confident. You are all to be to find yourself beautiful. And I struggled with that when I was a kid. Being Korean, I got told that I was fucking obese since the age of bloody five. 
you know, and it's hard because Asians, Koreans especially have an expectation where kids, you need to be a specific size. You need to be a specific measurement. Your waist should be this small or whatever it is, right? So I had trouble with my, my body image growing up and I wouldn't want that for any of any kids and especially for of my kids of my own. The most important thing that I've been instilling in my children is that you are beautiful no matter what anyone says, mm-hmm. whatever size you are, you know, and so – not only is it working with other businesses and being collaborative, you know, and Pat always says collaboration over competition any day, and I'm a huge believer of that, I would work with another kids' wear brand. I don't find them a competition. I find we're all doing what we're doing with what we've got. And so that runway is, is to work with other businesses, but also to have children really just feel that they are so special no matter what and get them to have a day of just being a bloody superstar and just shining so bright and I think the biggest thing that I would love is to have kids in hospitals be able to have a day out to be able to be part of something like that obviously it'd be really hard because if they're unwell and not able to to leave the hospital grounds but if they were even to just get an exemption and just have a day where they get to dress up and, you know, the girls can put on makeup, the guys can wear the dopest kicks from, I don't know, Michelle who created sneakers, cuts my sneakers or whatever it is, right? And they just flaunt it. It'd be amazing, you know? So oh, would be. that would be, I think it's super important to instill that into into children. I love it. It's like empowerment for kids. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, you need to hit yeah. us up. We definitely want to be involved. Oh, I mean, what hundred percent? Just be ready to be DJing. Shark, do, 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 do. <laughs> baby. And, that, and that's your that's your personal request, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah, it'd be Kangnam <laughs> Style, actually, um, or BTS. <laughs> Korean comes out in you. Yeah, totally. Oh God, or maybe I'm the so marching excited. song. I love this. Oh my yeah, that's not Korea. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would love EV Entertainment to be part of this um part of this day. That is definitely something I would love for you to to come to life. Um, yeah, I'd love, love to be a part of it. I'm oh, so excited honor. just talking about it. Just like oh my god, the energy that I get from just thinking about it is unreal. Yeah, I could see the passion. Like, wow, I don't know. I just I've, I haven't heard of anything like it before. You know, yeah, yeah there's a typical runways and there's the typical yeah. shows, but not all in one. Yeah, it's, and it's awesome that you can support like your fellow businesses. Because I did see you um, at a show before at Honeypot Nights. Mm, yes, like you did collaborate with other businesses in the same kind of market. Yeah, we had three kids yeah. wear clothing brands. Yeah, that's together. So awesome. How was that? And that was like it was. It was so good, and and these were all mums. They were literally. This is like what they did on the side, and one wanted to pursue as as a full time job, and it was like the most amazing thing that we were able to all help each other. And if they, we, if I didn't have what they were looking for, I'd be like, hey, if you like really sick prints. And and mad slogans and sayings on shirts. Go to um, go next door. Share some really sick prints, and she can print them on the spot for you. And it was just so nice to be able to have that instead of like, no, don't go there. You know, like go go to us. Yeah, it was just nice to know that you can work with other people in the same industry as you, and not have to feel like you have you kind of have to stand out and compete in a very nasty way. I think the way to go is literally working with other people and that's what it's all about right and that kids section was great because we had everything kid related it was such a hit and and the feedback was that they hoped that it gets bigger next time around you know and that was amazing feedback that was so great and I had adults purchasing my um fun fact I had adults purchasing my backpacks the kids backpacks for themselves? For themselves, which I, I wow. use one for myself as well. But when I asked what it was for, and they said, oh, this would make a really great rave bag. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, what? 
<laughs> they were like, oh, we've got a rave coming up. And I was like, no, it's not for raves, but okay. <laughs> if my logo is bouncing you know. around somewhere in a rave, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that was strange, but, you know. But, yeah, it was great. It was great working with other women in literally in the same industry. That's um, so awesome. Yeah, but the best part was we were all so different in the products that we all had. So same industry, but we still stood out in our own way um to attract our client or our ideal customer so that was yeah. heaps fun um really good day really good and what a great way to meet people and just be like yo follow me this is my handle like you know have a chat with your customers without having to be so social about it you yeah. know constantly socially engaging but yeah it was good really good i love it i love it. i love i love you know working together with other People like the the way I see it is there's just so many fish in the sea, you know. There's no point in people being competitive with other companies because man, there's, there's enough there's enough uh, customers and enough work for everyone. Whether it's sales, uh, whether it's products or or services, like just help each other grow, work together just to be better businesses, and everyone work together to be better at what they do. And that's that way everyone flourishes, right? Ah, I agree. I And I, I think if you were to compete with someone constantly, I think you just grow really bad, at, you grow a really bad attitude and really bad habits. Um, I think one thing though, there's a very fine line where you constantly compare yourself to others as well. And I'm definitely guilty of that. It was only just a week ago that I went down this rabbit hole of, of seeing other businesses that had just started and they were absolutely killing it. Um, and I was watching their following just grow on Instagram from nothing to just skyrocket and having, seeing stories saying product sold out, product sold out. And I went down this really bad rabbit hole of comparing myself to that. And I was just like, and I got really down, but I think, and it's so easy to do that, right? I think social media is so easy mm -hmm. to do that. You don't, but you don't know their journey. You don't know what they went through to get to that point. Um, everyone's That's on their right. journey for a reason. Um, but I think you need to take that opportunity to say, okay, what is it that they're doing really great that you can learn from as well and apply it to your business? So it really is about working together or learning off others as opposed to constantly trying to compete and try and do something that goes against what they're doing to make yourself stand out, but really you're doing more harm. Um mm to your business because you're you i mean the djing industry peaked over the last few years when clubs opened and um there were so many gigs and especially now that there's always private parties that are held for bridal showers 18th and 21st like they've completely changed the way that they celebrate right so mm. how did you kind of stand out did you i mean you worked with other djs too didn't you like the yeah. one and only crew at the time and other DJs that you you know yeah many times but yeah like I I don't really like to you know watch other people's moves and that like I feel like the best way to grow is to compete with yourself and be the best it sounds so cliche but just being the best version of yourself you know don't don't watch other people's moves or what they're doing. You just worry about what you're doing. You stay in your lane and just focus on yourself and be the best that you can be. Mm. I mean, that's there's not much else you, people can ask for when you're doing your best. That's true. So, yeah, that's that's me. That's that's what I stand by. Just you know, be the best that I can be, and the rest will follow. I think that's definitely something that I feel so inspired from from you. You know, every time I used to go to him, I'm like, Armand, what am I doing wrong? You're always crying to me. Always, you know, <laughs> you just have this face of, talk to me, child, mm. <laughs> tell me your problems. Um, But you're right, like as cliche as it sounds, it's exactly what you need to be doing. And it's exactly what I need to be doing is staying in my fucking lane mm -hmm. and doing what I do best and stop comparing. And I think that was a lot of the times when I did complain to you it was a lot of the times I was looking at other people, other businesses that on social media were looking like they were just acing it. 
But then it was funny because then I had people reaching out to me going, Pib, you're like absolutely killing it. And I'm like, I, 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 I am. And they're like, yeah, like your socials is really great. And the, the funniest thing is, you know, Hannah, my girlfriend, yep. she got given a gift for her daughter's first birthday and she took a photo of it and sent it to me. And guess what it was? World Cup. My backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, it was from someone I didn't know. So when she was told she me who it was and I said, oh, I think I know that person who purchased it off me was a customer that I had known. When the customer, that, when that order came through, I didn't know who it was. So every time I get an order from somebody, somebody that I actually don't know, it, it's such a huge win, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So you get people who reach out and say, you're doing really amazing. It looks fantastic. You must be so proud. And I'm like, huh? If I was a cartoon, I'd literally have like question marks all over, <laughs> all over my head. And it's so, but it's true. You need to stay in your own lane and just recognize what you're doing. You just got to be the best version of yourself every day. And mm, I think 100%. I lost a lot of that when I was constantly comparing, you know, so you're right. You just ha- you just absolutely just have to do your best in what you do. Yeah, and yeah. Because you'll just burn out, and you'll just become like, like I don't know, like an Im- imposter. Like you're trying to be them. Yeah. And then you just I don't know. I just feel like you won't go far. You know, you you have your own ideas, your unique take on things. Yeah. And then you just execute them as best you can. Yeah, I I completely agree. I I don't think there's any other way, to be honest. Oh, my God. That's like my highlight for this whole entire week, Armin. Stay in your lane and do the best that you can. Like, Mm -hmm. that is my highlight and reminder for me and World Cup this week and forever because – Poor Kim copped it the other week too because when I was comparing <laughs> myself to others, I was like, ah! everything was like caps lock. She's like, stop yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm yelling at myself. <laughs> um, and she'd constantly send me like, you know, reminders and stuff like that. But I think that is absolutely it. Stay in your it's lane. So yeah. Yeah. Like I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you know, stay in your lane just – you focus Doing on what you, you do, yeah, yeah, and do what you do and, best. Don't try mm. and do someone else's best. Mm. I mean, yeah, you can go look for inspiration, yeah, but don't try to be them. You, yeah, that's you, true. You be you. Yeah, it'd be you like you, you looking at another uh, another DJ going, "Oh, I'm gonna do the exact same style yeah. of DJing and cut the song the same way," and you know, like no, and it's just gonna disappear because. Yeah, true. It's going to be like another another copy of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to set yourself apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, Armin, this is why I come running to you and I say... Come crying to me. It's true. Ditto. <laughs> Even at my house. <laughs> Armin. I can't believe that I actually called you, t- like, I called you Tito and then... <laughs> You were like, oh, and then my dad turns around. Imagine you said Tito and my dad was there. And I turned around and your dad was like, huh, yes? (laughs) I'm like, oh, wait, no. (laughs) Hi, Tito. (laughs) Didn't see you standing there. (laughs) He was laughing. So I was like, what the hell? Do I know this girl? Why is she she calling me Tito? (laughs) When I turned around, because I was like, yeah, Tito. Hi, Tito. And then I turned around and your dad was like, hi. It looks so confused. like... (laughs) Who's this girl? He was oh. like semi-waving, like trying to figure out whether or not that was for him or like, do I know her? And I was like, oh, <laughs> not, not you. Um, but okay, bye. <laughs> I ran into the car. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course that would happen to me. Jeez. Oh, of course it is. But you do look like dad, so well, he it kind of dad. worked. Yeah. You totally look like dad. Mm. Do you get that a lot or do you feel a like – yeah, all the time. All the time. It's like if you were time. looking at your dad, you'd be looking into your future. That's how mm. much you guys look alike. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a nice way to put it. It's a fantastic thing, I think. Yeah. Your dad is like super young looking and he's what, tall. with that white hair? Shout yeah, but it's dad. like a silver fox. 
like white hair, not like, oh, damn, you need to dye your hair. It's like <laughs> silver fox hair, you know. I guess, I guess. It's a nice silver. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, on that note, before we get sidetracked, thank you once again, Pip Lee, Royal Cup, thank for joining for us. Me. Let us know where our listeners can connect with you and find you. Yes, totally. Come follow my journey to keep your eyes peeled for Global Takeover and for our beautiful Fashion Week, uh, for Royal Cup Fashion Week. Um, You can follow us on, I say us because it's me, myself and I and all my friends that help me, Um, on Instagram. It'll be at royal.cub and on Facebook it's Royal Cub on its own. Um, and website is www.royalcub.com.au. So come say hello. Thank you once again. Yay. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>